sometimes the conversation in the church is we just need to do innovation and we need to, you know, really de-emphasize the old stuff. And, and the wisdom of this approach is, no, it's a both and. It's not an either or. And that actually they can work really well together. Welcome to Pivot. My name is Terry Elton, and I'm from Luther Seminary, and we are kicking off Season 4 of Pivot. So welcome to our returning listeners, and welcome to new listeners. I'm excited to have two new co-hosts. I have Dee Stokes and Dwight Shiley here with me, and I'm just going to let them introduce themselves right out of the bat. So, Dr. Dee Stokes, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Terry. It's great to be here on the Pivot Podcast. I am, of course, the director uh, of the Seeds Project for Faith Lead, but I also have some experience working with Fresh Expressions, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and what our Season 4 is all about. And so I'm excited about being a part of this conversation to move the church, to move the needle from just Sunday worship and things that we do normally uh, in the church to a mixed ecology and ecosystem that includes those who will never step foot in the church. Well, when Alicia and I interviewed you in the last season, uh, we both ended with way more to talk about than that episode allowed us to. So welcome to this season, Dr. D, and the guests that you will bring to our conversation. I'm excited about that. And our VP of Innovation here at Luther Seminary, Dwight Charlie, welcome to you. Thanks. It's great to be on this. I'm really excited about this season and exploring really how we can imagine churches of all different sorts working together to reach people with the hope of Jesus in today's culture. I get to work with this wonderful faith lead team, uh, Luther Seminary's Learning Ecology alongside our degree programs, and teach congregational mission and leadership at Luther Seminary as well. And I'm excited to uh, kick off this season. Well, One of the things that I want to say, if you haven't been part of Pivot Podcast, the Pivot Podcast is providing lessons and stories from church leaders who are igniting imagination, creating collaborations, doing experiments, and really dreaming about new possibilities for God's church. And this summer, Dwight and I got to go to the UK, a second trip, actually, to to learn from some of the innovation, some of the leaders doing this. So, Dwight, let's start out by just talking a little bit about that experience and how that actually helped us think about this season of of the Pivot podcast. Yes. So, you know, the UK in some respects and other Western European societies are ahead of where the U.S. is at with respect to trends of secularization, people seeking the good without God, a very small percentage of the population in the UK is connected to any church. And the Church of England, which is still the state church, it's really only about one and a half percent of the English population is actually actively involved. And so about 20 years ago, they started to think strategically about what could be done to connect with these neighbors when so many of them were not going to show up in the traditional church structure that exists there. And uh, and so out of that came some wonderful experimentation around uh, the idea of fresh expressions. And fresh expressions are new forms of Christian community or church that emerge within contemporary culture and engage primarily with those who don't go to church. And one of the brilliant things that they've done in the UK is to think about those coexisting 
and thriving alongside inherited forms of church. So traditional forms of church, neighborhood church, uh, and then these fresh expressions, which often function in network spaces where people are already connected in the neighborhood in various ways, and there's a lively partnership. So what we want to focus on in this season is this concept of the mixed ecology, which I think is a really rich one for us to learn from and also to consider in a variety of contexts today. So around Faith Lead, I'm known as the and person. Anytime we're in a conversation, it's like, that's true. And what about this? And I feel like one of the things that I took away from both of our trips over to the UK is the Church of England and various dioceses in particular, we're really looking at the and. Like we have clergy, they're doing their thing here in a more traditional way, and they were experimenting and trying a bunch of things on the side, training people, people that weren't paid, all kinds of stuff. And so I think for me, that's something I want to think about here in the U.S., Dr. D, you have worked with fresh expressions in this context and some of that. Could you talk a little bit about that experience? So Fresh Expressions North America is, uh, again, what Dwight said about going to the community. The The big moniker is that we don't hold signs up at the church, but we actually cross the bridge to go into the community. And the big term is to become incarnational. So it's also a movement of lay people, persons who are not clergy-led. And so to get lay people interested in going and reaching their communities. And what we what we found was lay people actually have ministries. You know, God doesn't just speak to the clergy. I feel Imagine like there's that. an amen, Dr. D, we could say. <laughs> God doesn't just speak to the clergy. God speaks to all people. And what we haven't done well in the church is to acknowledge that people sitting in the pews have ministries as well. And they have vision and they have insight. And we need to tap into that. And so Fresh Expressions North America has done a really good job, I think, of bridging that gap and and crossing the bridge into the community uh, and being incarnational. Some people actually live in the communities in which they serve, literally relocate themselves in those communities to do great work. And so it is something that has changed the landscape of the church uh, and will continue to do so. And so that's what they've brought to North America. One of the things I love about the work of Fresh Expressions, both in the UK and here in the US, is this contextualization. And, And so it's not just lay people that are being invited into leadership, but it's like, what does it mean in Florida or Ohio or Minnesota? Or and and there's an invitation to really listen to one's context. Dwight, I'd love for you to give give us some examples of like what does that contextualizing look like, and and what were some of the ministries maybe even that people were imagining that you've seen both in the U.S. or in the U.K. So we'll be getting some great stories from our guests over the course of this season. But let me just, before I go into the examples, let me just say a little bit more about that word incarnation that you use, Dr. D, so helpfully. As we think about the body of Christ becoming enfleshed in local times and places, that's when the church flourishes. Mm -hmm. And in the history of the church, when the church is really embedded in local life in a transformational way where it's not simply 
accepting everything in local culture, but it's also critically transforming local culture. That's and a good the, place to say amen. Amen. And the, <laughs> and the gospel is speaking clearly in language people can understand mm. in the neighborhood. That's when the church thrives. And when it becomes disconnected and not actually embedded, either it, it loses its critical distinctiveness and, and becomes just accommodated to culture, mm. or it is actually not deeply enfleshed enough to make sense to people, then it dies. And so I think what we've inherited in, at least in Western societies, is a lot of forms of church that were contextualized or incarnational for a different era a different period of time, a different cultural moment. And we now find ourselves in a moment where those forms are really powerfully speaking to some people, but not to a lot of others. Mm. Other people who are, you know, looking for trustworthy communities in which to ask life's big questions and see the institutional church as an inhospitable place to do that. So Fresh Expressions is one way to think about how can the church learn how to be present incarnationally with neighbors in today's culture. And there's all kinds of wonderful examples. You know, in the UK, you know, an example is Messy Church, which is pretty much what you'd imagine, church for families with young children. There are various forms of dinner church or churches that are organized around people's hobbies or interests like runner church or boxing church. A lot of people find God in nature. So there's forest church or sometimes called mossy church, <laughs> yoga church, you know, all kinds of things where life is already living out and, and people are actually connected together. The church embeds there. I think you said something really important that people are curious and have questions and they feel like they cannot go to the church and ask those important, sometimes very difficult to answer questions. And so how do you do that? How do you reach the people so that they feel comfortable asking those questions? And then how do we feel comfortable answering those questions? And so I think context is really, really, really important. And so when you see someone who loves Jesus, who comes from your neighborhood or from your your context, and you feel more comfortable speaking with them, you feel more comfortable asking them the hard questions instead of going to church and talking to the pastor or the priest or whomever that you may not know who may not live in your neighborhood. And so I think that's really important that people want to know what is the meaning of life? What is my purpose? And so to have those conversations with folks who you live among uh, or who are like you is extremely important. The other thing you said that resonated with me, Dwight, is in language that people can understand. Mm-hmm. I think one of the the disconnects around church today and everyday lives is there's a different vocabulary, and it makes a ton of assumptions around you know what's ecclesiology, what's salvation, what are what's the gospel, right? In in those kinds of ways, and I think the structure I'll, I'm. ELCA Lutheran, when we have leaders that are primarily with the master's level education that are learn are learning a vocabulary, and that's the primary way that they talk about the gospel or even pray, that can be a real disconnect. It's And it's not that that doesn't have a place. That's what I love about the mixed ecology. But that's not the accessible thing, like you said, Dee, to ask my questions. I don't even know what you just said, right? Sometimes but I can ask my neighbor or I can ask the soccer mom or whatever that that I'm 
close to or I heard a pastor once say, if God wanted to give the gospel to lawyers, he'd be a lawyer. If God wanted to do it to a teacher, he'd be a teacher, right? There's this sense of the ability for us to witness to the gospel in our own language with the people that we're closest to and in relationship with, that is a starting point. It's not the only point, right? The two, the thing about a mixed ecology is that expression of church sits alongside, right, some of that. How would you, I, if I'm a clergy out there, I'm like, okay, I don't know what this means. Tell me what <laughs> this might mean. And I look to you, Dwight, thinking specifically of like, how has the UK even put structures around what it means to be church with this, both of these expressions living together. Yes, and I think both is a really a key word on this. So, you know, sometimes the conversation in the church is we just need to do innovation and we need to, you know, really de-emphasize the old stuff. And and the wisdom of this approach is, no, it's a both and. It's not an either or. And that actually they can work really well together. So in the UK, you know, as we'll hear in subsequent episodes, they've organized this with fresh expressions typically being lay-led and being connected to inherited church. And, you know, the, the phrase inherited church is one that they use very deliberately. And you think about an inheritance, inheritance has value, right? There's treasures there to carry on. And sometimes inheritances are also complicated. <laughs> they can have a complicated legacy as well. And so so we want to, to, to affirm the value of the tradition and that inheritance and all of that, but then say alongside that, how do we open up those treasures to new people? And so so if you look at the kind of map of how this works, it's all in one system where the fresh expressions coexist under the oversight of the larger structure. So whether it be a local pastor or priest who has, you know, fresh expressions that are lay-led in the neighborhood, maybe that might meet in neighborhood spaces. Maybe they might meet in the church building sometimes, you know, and under the oversight in the case of the Church of England, ultimately of the bishop and the diocese and the structure. So it's important to hear that these aren't sort of rogue, you know, uh, in, totally independent, chaotic, you know, forms of Christian community that have no accountability and no embeddedness in the larger structure. They very much do, but they're also given a lot of freedom and flexibility for church to look different than in the inherited model. So rather than a one-size-fits-all standardized model, which we've inherited in the U.S. particularly from the 20th century bureaucratic denomination where standardization was the name of the game, we're finding that that is no longer working and breaking down. So we need to create space within those structures for these other forms alongside. I was particularly interested in as a theologian who teaches in theological education, that in those fresh expressions, it's not that they're not training them and equipping them, but they're doing it in a different model. It's like an accompaniment model of theological education or leadership development, as opposed to uh, do all of this first and then you lead kind of in the model that we've had. D, what do you what do you see and you want to share? Yeah, I have a story about a pastor who started a dinner church. I think he may lived in Colorado or somewhere. And his first dinner church, he stood up to preach. <laughs> How'd that go, D? <laughs> and he did what he would normally do on a Sunday morning. And somebody stood up and threw an F-bomb out and <laughs> said, listen to the pastor, you know. And, and it just became so disruptive 
that he learned in that time that you cannot stand up and do in that context what you would normally do on a Sunday morning. And so he changed his whole approach to dealing with the people. Instead of this iconic figure standing up in front of people telling them what to do like we do in church, you had to infiltrate, right, the people and become one of the people and teach them about Jesus in a different way. And it worked for him, and it was refreshing for him. The other thing he, he, had, he struggled with is they actually canceled Sunday church. And did the dinner church on a different night of the week. And that was their church. And so he felt funny getting up on Sunday mornings and not going to church. So it was, a, it was literally a mindset shift. Now, I'm not telling, don't call us, don't email us, okay, and say that they that crazy woman told us not have Sunday church. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, we're talking about context. What is your context? How can you reach the people? Not what is my favorite way of preaching. Or what is my favorite way of doing? But what what can work with the people? And he really changed his whole mindset and the whole concept and then started to teach people about Jesus in a different way, started to tell stories about Jesus that related to the people. I remember one other instance that I was pastoring a church and I said, we're going to talk about Jesus for five months, the words of Jesus for five months. Post-resurrection, healing stories, intimate conversations. We're going to do it for five months. And you guys are going to tell me a Jesus story by the end of that time, right? I'm going to call on you. I'm going to call you out on Sunday. So you be ready or I'm going to call you out. And after about three or four weeks, I got discouraged because people could not tell me Jesus stories. And then someone, our veteran who was disabled, he, he said, wait a minute. One Sunday I was about to preach. I said, I'm done with this, right? Wait a minute, Dr. D. I said, oh, come on, come on, general, stand up, colonel, whatever his title was in the military. And he was disabled. He stood up with his cane and told the most beautiful Jesus story. And it, it just, everybody was like, oh, this is so wonderful. So relating people's lives to Jesus is really important in the context that you're in. So one of the things I imagined hearing as around this model from clergy I know, but that hesitation to trust the laity, to trust the non-theologically trained to lead church. And at least in my denomination, that's a little scary. And, and some pastors will do, I think, D, what you said. They'll be able to reimagine and shift their mind and begin to talk differently and relate differently with people. And I want to just empower those clergy to go. And they probably have an entrepreneurial spirit in them, and they might need to trust that a little bit more, right, and lean into that. But I think there's a—the majority of what I see in the church is, what if we as the the people leading the established inherited church were more willing to take that colonel and say, Colonel, who might you gather in your circles sure. now and begin to create a fresh expression, if you will, to begin not a small group ministry that has a Bible study and all that, but just to begin to gather people in the name of Jesus to to be community, 
to say, how might we serve our neighbor, to ask a really more basic set of questions. And I know, Dwight, you've seen some movements of that in the Episcopal Church. You, you've talked with some leaders. I think that's the hardest mindset of this for the established church leaders, lay or clergy, to make the shift that the role of clergy changes. Yeah, and you know, there's a whole model that we've inherited again that is basically clergy-led, lay-supported. And we talk about this sometimes as a performative model of ministry where the clergy are expected to perform Christian faith for people. Like They're the ones reading the Bible. They're the ones doing the prayers. They're the ones who are supposed to evangelize, get new people to come to church. You know, they do the ministry. They're the ministers. <laughs> and then the job of lay people is basically to, to give and volunteer to support the clergy and the staff doing that work. But, you know, that model is breaking down in all kinds of ways in a culture that is much more participatory now. So, you know, one of the things I hear you saying, Dee, in the story you shared is, you know, Fresh Expressions, a lot of this is about highly participatory ways of people engaging. And if it's just a pastor standing up and telling everyone what to do or what to say or what to think, that's not enough. People want to engage. They want to make sense out of their own experience, engaging in scripture, and they want to tell stories. They want to wrestle with things in community in a much more participatory way. So the shift from a clergy-led, lay-supported model, performative model, to a lay-led, clergy-supported model that is more formative, where, again, the role of clergy is to actually equip people to to be mature disciples of Jesus in daily life so that everyone owns their own spiritual growth, right, in community together, in, in you know, engagement with the practices of the faith and the tradition. But in the, in the fresh expressions world and in the mixed ecology, that means a lot of lay empowerment because it's the – it's the ordinary disciples that we talk about here in Faith Lead as everyday disciples who are already embedded in those communities where people aren't going to church. So they have more credibility than clergy do, and they have relationships. They know those people. They know that culture. And so when we equip them to invest you know, presence and relationship there, listen to people. This all begins with listening. Love people. And then to begin to explore spiritual questions with them, that allows for a much more inclusive, actually, and holistic approach to being church in our time and place. So people want to belong before they believe. And so in my world, we've always tried to get people to believe first. Then you can belong to the church, right, and and assimilate them into what we do, how we act, how we dress, how we talk. But people really want to belong. And I think it's important, uh, that's an important concept, is they want to be a part of it. So these lay folks have interests. And it's really as simple as this. Instead of, you know, Terry talked about the, the small group approach. So it's really as simple as, I like to go bowling. Let me find three or four or five people who want to go bowling with me. And 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 we include Jesus, right? Jesus is bowling with us. It really is that simple to me, even though sometimes we make it difficult. But everyone has a hobby or everyone has something they like to do. And, and again, there are dog park churches. Well, it's just because you got a dog and you go to the dog park. <laughs> you know, it's really as simple as that, right? And so you interact with the other people who are at the dog park. Maybe you invite a few other uh, of your friends, right? And and so if we could make it 
literally that simple. I think we could do this in greater volumes. I'm excited. I don't know about you guys, but we have imagined a real fun lineup. We're going to learn about the U.K. We're going to get a big picture and some stories. We're going to learn about what's happening here in North America, and we're going to get some stories. We're going to talk about practices. We're going to talk about the systems that need to be around to support that. Uh, What would either of you say about some of our guests coming for this season that you'd want listeners to get excited about? They're experts. They're practitioners. They don't do this just in theory, but in praxis. And I think that's important. We're going to teach you or help you to understand how to do these things, not just a theological perspective, not just theory, again, but praxis. One of the wonderful things about Fresh Expressions and the Mixtecology is that it looks different in different places. And so we're going to hear from, you know, some global perspectives and stories that may not make sense in your particular context, but you're going to get some new imagination, perhaps some an inspiration for what might work where you are. And, and we're going to hear from people who have been at this work for a long time and those of those who are you know uh, newer to it but doing really great work and we'll really lean into what are harvesting really some of the lessons about how to do this work and how does it all fit together so no matter whether you're a an everyday disciple who has a sense of god might be nudging you to you know help lead some new form of church in your community or maybe you're a local pastor or a priest who's who's wondering how to tend this work in your context or maybe you're a adjudicatory or denominational leader or bishop or something like that. No matter where you are, we hope to provide you with some imagination and resources to take a next step. Well, I'm excited because our next episode, we're going to get on that plane. Well, not really, but we're going to go over to the UK and learn about kind of where did Fresh Expression start and get a little bit more perspective around that. So we're going to start kind of back at the origin of this concept. And I hope you will tune in and hear more about where this all began. This episode of the Pivot Podcast was brought to you by Faith Lead. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to faithlead.org to gain access to our free resources. See you next time.